Welcome to the Make It Count podcast, where we are talking about interesting things. And today, we're going to be talking about knowledge. Knowledge. Why, why do you like saying knowledge like that? Well, there's a good... Uh, good meme. Good meme about knowledge and Roberto Firmino, but it's about learning. And about learning. Because there's a book I was reading, and it's actually a hundred coaching ideas. And one of the things he says is a good question is, what crystallizes your learning? Ooh. And I think we both, well, I said this to you and you thought, yeah, that's something we could talk about. What crystallizes your learning? Because, I mean, firstly, it means you have to be learning. We, we do like learning. You like learning. You do quite a lot of reading, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. I think, I think probably just anyone as a human is learning. You're always learning things. You may be learning unintentionally, but what makes that learning actually happen? What makes that learning crystallise? Oh, that's interesting because I remember reading that quote, isn't it, that most people die at 25. They're just not buried till they're 70. I have never heard that quote before. And the idea that at 25, they stop learning, they stop doing the way things hurt, well, they stop adapting to their world and changing to their world, <clears throat> which is why, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. Maybe it's easily more easily seen with an elderly population, but how many people who don't have, still don't have mobile phones mm. and don't engage with that, which is why it's crazy because our grandma, she's 94 now. She loves WhatsApp and she's messaging all the time. She's on Facebook. She's curious about the world. She's up with everything that's new going on in the world, in technology and all sorts of things. So, yeah. But, but that, that's amazing, partly because maybe it's unique. And it has its challenges sometimes. Hmm. How many times have we had to explain her various tech things? But I think I'll never forget the conversation when she was like, <laughs> I think it's time that I had a smartphone. <laughs> it was amazing. It was both like this amazing moment of admiration and also like, oh, that's quite adorable. <laughs> but I think you are right that most of us are learning because we're, we're learning how to show up. And sometimes this happens not consciously, but just intuitively almost. Oh, this works. This doesn't. Let's try this. So... When you first thought of the question, when you first mm. read that question, what crystallises your learning? Mm. How did you interpret that question? I suppose for me, I was, I was trying to remember something that I think I used to teach to some people, which is the idea that reflection is a very important part of the growth process of creating true learning. Mm. So as you look <clears throat> back and you see what's happened, you come to the present and go, what does that mean now? So that you can think about how that learning might be used in the future. Mm. So I definitely think you might think reflection or summarizing, those things help crystallize the learning. Interesting. So from, from a knowledge point of view, almost from a mental knowledge point of view, it's that might be writing something down, thinking about it, summarizing it, writing it down, or then verbalizing that out. 
I think all of us have probably had moments where we <laughs> we thought we had a clear idea on something until we started to try and explain it. And then it becomes very obvious to both the person you're explaining it to and yourself, I really don't have a grasp on this. <laughs> and, then, and then it becomes a test of humility, whether you own up to it or whether you plough on. <laughs> We plough on. No, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny that you would say that because that is actually what I was thinking. Even just before you started saying it is those ideas that actually in speaking it, it crystallises sometimes our ignorance. Yeah. Which is it a exposes good the, the boundaries the of what you know or yeah. the gap. Yeah, which, the boundary. I like that. Yeah, the boundaries of what we know. which actually of knowledge. Is, is good because then that, then really helps you go, oh, I know this, but I need to know this. I need to go back and refresh on yeah. this. Or I, I didn't maybe of course, catch that the first time. It can be a fearful thing. I think I, um, one of your recent blog posts, I don't know which one, I really liked it. Well, I say recent, I read it recently. <laughs> may have come out months ago. May have just read them all over Christmas. But it was about uncertainty. Uh, it was like five different views on uncertainty. Oh, yeah. And... The first one was something like um, uncertainty causes um, fear and lack of action or something. And I was like, yeah, I can totally relate to that. I definitely. But then as they went down, they became more like uncertainty is an amazing space for curiosity and experimentation. And it was like, oh, that's a completely flipped viewpoint that you'll. Uh, and, and it was exactly that. It was like, oh, you get to. It becomes a, oh, I don't know. I have exposed a area of unknowledge or uncertainty. My natural instinct is maybe to retreat away from that or pretend that I, I do know it. The honest and humble and generally more exciting approach, though, is, oh, wow, opportunity to learn. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I remember a very evident example of that the for for quite a long time i'm a british guy i would mock for quite a long time you're a british guy for quite a long time as a british guy i've mocked american football you ah. know it's a, a four hour long game the play lasts like five seconds and then you chat for ages what's going on they're all just walking all the time you know all the usual stuff good to university a lot of my friends liked it a lot mm. of the people we play football with liked American football as well. Mm. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to start watching it. And Channel 4 used to have a, a one-hour highlights show. And I started watching that. Then I started watching the games. And this was where it was really like the boundaries of my knowledge were stretched very moment far. by moment very quickly <laughs> because it's so different than most games I've played and most sports I've played and engaged with. So something would happen... And I'd be like, whoa, what just happened? I have no idea. There were I have no 22 idea. men running around and <laughs> there was a heap and the ball's gone somewhere. What happened? Yeah, exactly. And there, there, actually the one guy on Channel 4, he was really good at explaining it because he could tell that, I don't know, he knew I didn't know what was going on in the game because he yeah. would explain it very mundanely or like very simply for me to go this. And sometimes the referee would throw a, like throw a flag, and I'd be like, "Whoa, why did that happen?" And so, but but it was this it was this excitement of like, "Oh, 
yeah, that's fun. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that is new. And I was actually excited in pushing those boundaries. I didn't mind that I was a beginner and I approached it that way. Ah. Coming back to the beginner mindset that we spoke yeah. about in the last episode. Yeah. Interesting. But I think when I first heard you mention this question, what crystallizes your learning? Actually, in light of the conversation we're having last episode, I thought, ah, because typically when I think of learning, I do think of the more cerebral reading, a lot of the learning you do at school or university or even at work. But actually, the the habit formation thing that we were talking about, the five minutes a day, that's learning. Um, and it's in learning, it, the, hit, the skill itself is learning, but also you're, you're engaging in a process of how can I do this better next time? So on the hundredth day, I, I've picked up a few things from the previous 99 days as to what makes for success today a little bit better. The, the videos, example from, from last episode, they'd done a hundred videos, they had 70 subscribers, 750, maybe a thousand. Well, they kept going and every video they produced after that was a learning opportunity and it, and, and I suppose what crystallizes learning? In a sense, it's repeated experimenting with whatever it is, mm. repeating it, trying, seeing how it comes out, going again, seeing how it comes out. And I suppose, to go back to what you were saying, you thought learning, crystallized learning comes from reflection and summary. Well, the repeating aspect gives many opportunities to reflect again and to reflect again with new data, with new information. Mm. You helped me remember the thing I used to teach. Nice. Experience Knowledge. plus reflection equals learning. And I think that's what you're talking about. You said we can easily go to that place of I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm learning. And that is a form of learning. But actually, when you have that experience, you've done a video, you've created that first video of 100. You've, that's an experience. Yeah. You reflected a load because you're like, and even in the midst of it, probably you were like, well, what's working, what's not? By the time you've done 100, you've got your eye in, but each time you reflected on it, you're starting to work out, if I adjust this bit, this happens. If I adjust this bit, this happens. And, and I think too many people waste experiences and they just become a good story and mm. they don't become learning. Huh. They don't become a change. They don't become something that you carry forward into other areas of your life. I mean, I remember uh, one of my favorite authors, fiction, fiction writers, Brandon Sanderson. He talks about one of the things he would do if early in his career before anyone had heard of him. He'd write a book and at the end he would look back at it or he'd get feedback from editors and he'd go, okay, great. Next book, I'll make those changes. And so he'd go to the next book right. and he'd write it out. And then he'd get <clears> feedback <throat> from people. He'd go, okay, next book, I'll make those changes. And he did that like 12, 13 times. He said, my journey would have been so much quicker if he did what his friend did, which was get the feedback, go through and edit his book. But actually, because so, so often it's that editing or the rewriting and what you were talking about, that repeating 
mm. going back to that thing. Oh, I've done it. Now I reflect <clears throat> on it. That allows me to repeat it. That allows me to draw that learning out, which allows me to go forward and apply that learning in the future. I have a comeback on that, though. Ooh. I haven't yet read any of Brandon Sanderson, and I know the more you talk about it, the more I'm going to have to at some point. <laughs> I've heard a few other friends talk and wax lyrical about his books. But one of the things that you keep talking about is he's crazily productive at writing books, and he's planned out his next decade of book writing schedule, like to the, I know this series and that series that I'm going to complete. And, and I think, well... Maybe he could have been more effective if he'd yeah, sent out that manuscript and then changed it according to those feedback. But what he then became really skilled at was going, right, on to the next project. I'm going to incorporate what I've learned into this next one. That's now gone. You think how many writers and other in other fields get stuck on that first one, trying to make that the perfect thing, mm-hmm. rather than just going, yeah, that's out there. It's not my best work. I've moved on to the next one and that's a little bit better and that's a little bit better. And now he literally is a world-renowned author, incredibly good at his art and also very good at pushing out lots of good books. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I, I do get that. And like his journey is not maybe the same as everybody else's journey mm-hmm. in terms of, for him, actually, he would get through books too quickly. So actually mm-hmm. the editing and the re-going through it was really important. True. And And as far as I know... He does that still, you know, he two, three, four times with alpha readers, with beta readers to go through before the final coffee comes out. So that is definitely a part of it. But like you said, I think this is not the writing podcast, but I think one of the things he said is if you haven't written a book, the most important thing you can do is finish the book. Yeah. You're not about making it good. You have to finish writing. You have to have a book under your belt. (laughs) I've written a book. Yes. And then, like you said, no, nobody's first work is at best. Mm. All to say, though, that that idea of an experience plus reflection equals learning. And we both were on the Logos Hope for a, a couple of years. And one of my responsibilities was to look after the, uh, the short-termers group. And that would be a group of 25 to 30-ish maximum people that were there for three months and one of their responsibilities was they would get to put on this big event for everybody else on the ship's company Mm. and i remember the one time i was so afraid that it was going to (laughs) fail it was like oh no there's lots of tension in the group they're panicking about it it's disunity there's you know that tension there and I took a few moments and I went, you know what? If they fail, brilliant. Because that's an experience. And I've already planned the next time we meet to do a feedback session, to do a debrief of that, to reflect on it. So that whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, it'll become a valuable experience because of that reflection that allows learning for them as they go back to all of the different countries they go to Mm. and go, this worked, this didn't work but we can do this. I would do that differently next time. Amazing. That's really cool. As with lots of the things we've talked about, I mean, it's swirling around in my mind a little bit, is the idea of if you do something alone, it's just not as good as when you've got a community. 
Uh, and just thinking, how can that aspect play into this conversation of what crystallizes your learning? How can that work with other people? Well, it d- depends what you're finding works for you. Because I think <clears throat> what we would say, what's the, what's the famous quote? If you can't explain it to a seven-year-old, you don't understand it. <laughs> and and that idea of in the learning as you're trying to explain it and you start to realize you don't in a group maybe if we are having a conversation about something and you start explaining something and i ask a couple of questions and it quickly becomes evident to both of us that you don't understand it i'm helping you by asking those questions and exposing it doesn't sound like this bit fits or you know tell me and we've all had that thing where we've read something and we we're really excited and we get to that point we're trying to explain the conversation you're like this sounded a lot better when someone else said it yeah <laughs> yeah i've grasped a few things of what they were saying and it doesn't quite fit now <laughs> next time <laughs> hmm so i mean i think for me well i've been talking with with somebody today and who was susie they were saying i'm an external processor some people are but part of that is actually journaling and writing things down. That that gets it out and that, that maybe crystallizes the learning. That idea that when things are in our head, they seem concrete until we write it down and we go, oh, make as much sense as I thought it was making. Hmm. And there is something to be said for getting it out, whether it's to another person or to the page, to almost test it a little bit that exposes that. And I think that's interesting because we, we, the word is crystallize, but actually sometimes it exposes. I think maybe the, the question that probably does help crystallize is when you can go to somebody, what is the one thing that stood out to you today? Or what is one thing that stood out to you in today's conversation? Or what's one new insight that you're having? Or what's what, so it helps someone to go, yeah, I've engaged with 400 different inputs today. But the one I want to remember is this. Mm. And that's a crystallizing, that's a focusing, that's a sharpening. <clears throat> What's the one big idea mm. or overarching idea or one being the, the key thing there? Mm. I like that question. So that could be a helpful question for people to ask when they are doing learning, which hopefully is every day. You can learn something every day. You don't have to, but you can. But it's, ah, oh, what's the one thing that stuck out to me from that TED talk or that article or the book I'm reading, and the conversation usually, I had? It usually is only one thing. I mean, I've often laughed. I used to do more talking in the past, uh, do public speaking or even preaching on the ship. And oftentimes afterwards, people would go, oh, that was really good. And once I got past the pride bit, I'm like, yeah, I was pretty good, wasn't I? Once I got past that, um, I would actually turn it around and go, oh, you know, what was one thing that stood out to you? What do you wanted to remember? I, I would always say it like that. What's one thing? And I, I've very, because I, I realise that most people will and can only remember one thing. And it was actually one of the teachers on board. And they're like, oh, no, it's so good. I remember two things. And they explained to me the first thing. And they got to the second thing and I went, do you know what? I can't remember the second thing. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it made me laugh. It confirmed a prior belief I had, rightly or wrongly. But mostly, 
we think we remember a lot, but actually, if I, if you can come away and remember one thing, mm. and you've intentionally drawn that out, written it down, repeated it, shared it, said it to somebody, that crystallizes your learning. I think. There we go. That's where the community aspect fills in, doesn't it? Because you've got other people can help you by maybe asking some questions, but you're able. It's that thing of you learn something fully and more more deeply when you teach it. Uh, it goes right back to the conversation we're having at the beginning. If you don't know it, it's really obvious to everybody, including yourself. So that's where the the learning aspect is crystallized in community because you can go ah i'm learning this and then with with the knowledge of i am now going to try and pass this information on i now have to truly absorb this and get it so i will try to express it you just have to have the nice people that are happy with your first draft yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been reading this today, Matt, and you'll never guess. Ramble <laughs> continues. 40 minutes later. Yeah. So what was that, David? I think I need to read it again. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Blank stare into <laughs> middle distance for half an hour. Every now and again, nod. Mm. Hey. What did you think about that? <laughs> Ask a few very broad questions. It's amazing how far you can get at a conversation. If you want the ramble to end, broad questions, not the way forward. We're coming to the end of the episode. The three things I kind of think I've heard about crystallizing one and forget the next two. Crystallizing knowledge, yeah, is it's all about knowledge. I can't remember the other two. No, I think I think I've got three. The first one is about repetition. Obviously, that was my point but repeating things again and again and again. The next one is about reflecting on those things. And I think the third one is maybe to make You're it... You're trying to get three get, Come on. Repeating things to others. So Repeating, reflecting, yeah, exactly. repeating. Exactly. It's perfect. No. <laughs> repeating, reflecting and expressing. Oh. Um, so... That's, that's my, my three take on what crystallises learning. Mm. what about you David I think that's a really good question I suppose the thing that has stood out to me is that in speaking our boundaries of knowledge are exposed and that offers a new opportunity for further learning or to reinforce or to go back and learn again and what a great adventure it is to be on the boundary of knowledge yeah I just quite like that term. It's quite I feel funny. like that could be a good book title. The Boundaries of Knowledge. Could be fiction or non-fiction, actually. Mm, definitely science fiction, if it was a fiction. Yeah. Not a period drama. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Here he was in the library. The end. <laughs> okay, well, this is our conversation as we're engaging with a world that is busy, overwhelming and noisy. And we're trying to make it count, so... Have a great week, guys, and see you next week. Crystallize that learning. <laughs>